You know, a year ago, I was going through a time of kind of deep discouragement. You know, I, this, I've, I've, been serving as a, I've been serving God as a pastor in the United Methodist Church my entire adult life. And now it just looked like the, the whole denomination was being ripped apart from the inside out. And, um, and, and, and part of my deep grief that I was going through was thinking, oh, how is this going to affect this congregation? How is this going to affect Faith Westwood? And, and you know, today, those conflicts are not gone. They've not been resolved. I still don't know what's going to happen. Will we remain united Methodists, or will we split into two or three denominations? Who knows? But I can tell you that God has brought me through that time of darkness. I no longer carry that same heaviness in my soul because somehow God has moved me into a different place and I'm better able to, to rest in the confidence that God is still, uh, his kingdom still stands and that, and that Jesus is still building his church and I am still his servant and he is leading the way. So I look back, as I look back on my past year, I'm saying, thank you, God, for bringing me through those dark times into a better place. And you know, as I look back here on faith, at Faith Westwood in our p past year, I can see a lot of things. I'm going, thank you, God, for what you did here and, and how, you, how you blessed us and how you, you touched so many people's lives. And one of the big things I would thank God for is, is the, uh, how so God inspired so many of you to say, I think I'm going to get into a faith group. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, in the last year, we've had, we, we brought six, a net gain of 60 people into faith groups. And as we measured how many people showed up to a faith group in October, it was 300, which is 90 more than a year ago. And so those are just things that I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm looking back and I'm thanking God for how he's been at work. Um, actually, one of the new groups that we started this fall, um, uh, Steve and Samantha Gallahan are in it, so I'm going to invite them to come on up and share with us a little bit about uh, the group that they are in and tell us, tell us kind of the story about it, uh, about this group and, and how it's got started and all that. Um, so our uh, faith group got started from the Sunday brunch that we had. Um, I keep forgetting what it officially Church was called. Brunch. <laughs> Church and brunch. That should yeah. be easy for me Aug to remember. In August, yeah. Um, and kind of from there, it um, happened kind of organically. We sat around the table, and actually the table that we sat with were most of the members that were now um, in our faith group. Oh. And then we... Uh, went along with what was studied here on Sundays, the absolute basics of the Christian faith. And then after that, our group kind of went in to um, talk about where we wanted to go next. And um, we started a series called Not a Fan. And there will be, will be times when we uh, discuss that and other times when we kind of just come together to discuss like our daily challenges or celebrations that have been happening that week. Yeah. What else do you do at your group? Tell us about it. See? So we, it worked well to meet on Tuesday nights so far. Okay. We've been meeting every Tuesday evening, um, and we'll 
alternate every one kind of takes a week to prepare dinner for everyone so it's kind of nice that we just have every six or eight weeks we have to make dinner on Tuesdays yeah um, so we'll meet and eat first and kind of talk and discuss and and then after dinner break off and and do one of the discussions and kind of do more of the uh, less personal stuff and more on the the church so uh so you you eat together every week? Yep, Pretty every close. every Tuesday. So yeah. this week we've got a Thanksgiving supper planned. So nice. we got to that'll be interesting with the ham. <laughs> yeah. Now, how do you do it? Do you meet in different homes or just in one place, or how do you do that? Um, Liz, uh, she's been really gracious to host every Tuesday. So okay. we all go over to her place, and then we all just bring something to share and. Um, uh, we also are in a, a little faith group, like text group during the week, so we're staying like connected during the week as well, and mostly it's the ladies that text a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> And uh, now you've got a small child, right? So how does that work with your group? Yeah, so sometimes it can get pretty lively because we'll bring um, Jackson, and he's one and a half, and then Shane and Jess, they have a son that's two, and uh, then Liz, she's got a cat and a dog, so sometimes it can be a lively event, and sometimes if the grandparents are willing to babysit, then it's a little more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, what would you say, if someone said, what do you love about your group, what would you say? I think just the... The additional fellowship, you know, throughout the week, not uh -huh. just on Sundays, but kind of extending that into the week and having a chance to um, celebrate, you know, the joys that everyone has in their life or, or be with people when they're going through harder times. It's been just a nice way to expand, you know, just something that used to happen on Sundays in my life. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of glad, too, to hear about, you know, your your at this brunch in August and talking about groups and you kind of look around and go, hey, this is, we could start a group among who, those of us here at the table. And uh, that's, a, that's a neat, neat story. Yeah. So anything else? So. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. All right. And uh, I just wanted them to share a little bit of the story. Uh, and what a blessing God has brought into their lives. And so now I've got a statement for you to think about. Let's put it up here on the screen. Starts like this. As I look back on the last year, I give thanks to God and then blank. How would you finish that sentence? Here are some ideas that might be starters for you. Uh, I, thank, I give thanks to God for giving me blank, for bringing me through blank, for answering my prayer about blank. So what I'm going to have you do now in just a moment is to huddle up into groups, uh, huddles of three or four, and respond to that question. And if you don't uh, have anything to share today, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Feel free to just listen. And, of course, as you listen to somebody else, that might spark something, and then you will have something to share. Um, and also, as you get into your huddles, if you see somebody close by that doesn't, isn't in a huddle, then just kind of wave them your way and see if they want to come and join you, okay? Now, we, we don't do this every Sunday, but we have done it the last couple. So, as some of you know, I only give you a couple of minutes to do this. So, you really have to move it right along so everybody has a chance to say something, okay? So, go ahead and begin.
A few times this year, uh, we focused on bless. It's something that we do here at our church, and, um, and that's our topic for today. Uh, and bless is about having a friendship with someone who doesn't share your faith. Uh, and, or may, they, maybe they're not connected to a church. Uh, and as you know, may know, BLESS is an acronym. You see it on these banners here every Sunday. It's also on the back of your bulletin. Um, let's, look, let's go through it. B stands for, say it with me, begin with prayer. S stands for listen with care. EAT is about eat together. Uh, the first S is for serve in love. And the second S is about share your journey, share your story. And so, uh, share your story. That's what we're going to talk about today. Share your story. And first, let me say what share your story is not. This is really important. What share your story is not. Share your story is not pressuring somebody about coming to church. Don't do that, by the way. Share your story is not about telling someone what they ought to believe. Share your story is not about arguing over the Bible. Here's what I think it means. Put it up on the screen. Share your story means to let a little of my life in Jesus spill out, even through my words. And that's what I want you to take home today. This statement right there. So you can take a picture of it or write it down inside your, the notes portion in your, in your program. Uh, talk about it with your family, with your faith group. Uh, let's say it together, shall we? Share your story means to let a little of my life in Jesus spill out. Even through my words. Actions, yeah. But also letting those actions be matched by words. Well, uh, the most famous uh, psalm in the Bible is Psalm 23. And w one of the lines in the King James Version says, My cup what? My cup runneth over. You know that. In the New International Version, it says, My cup overflows. I think that is a great picture. God has done so much for me, and in, and in my life, it just, it just spills over the top. And others are blessed by the overflow. And you know, I see that happen in so many of you. Your life in Jesus just spills out over the top wherever you go. You're, you're not pushing it on anybody, but it comes through. It bubbles to the surface and, and gets noticed in, in small, winsome ways. Uh, anyway, I, I, I kind of forgot where I am now. <laughs> okay, um, and, and that's what, I think that's what bless is about. Bless is about um, letting that life in Jesus just spill out in, in praying and listening and serving and sharing, even with words. A little spill here, a little spill there. You see, to share your story, you don't need to have had a big dramatic conversion. You just need to have a thankful heart for all that God has done and is doing in your life. Uh, and, and from that, your cup just overflows. Today, I, wanna, I want us to look in the Bible at uh, the, the man um, we, we saw in the Scripture 
who told his story. So look with me. Let's, let's look it up. John chapter 9 in the Pew, Pew Bible. It's on page 1074. And, uh, you know, some of you, you came today and you go, man, I wish I had a Bible at home I could read. Something that's readable. Well, let's not let you get out of here today without one, okay? Uh, right after worship, if you'll head across the foyer, you'll see the Connection Center next to the elevator. There's a little rack of Bibles there. Just grab one, take it. You can have it. And, uh, you know, today we're reading from this biography about Jesus written by John, and that would be a, an awesome place to begin. So, anyway, walking along in Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples uh, come across a man who has been blind. He's always been blind. Uh, and his disciples want to know who's to blame. Whose fault is it that this man is blind? Is it because of something he did or his parents did? And uh, Jesus took this opportunity to tell them that, you know, guys, it doesn't work like that. You can't say that somebody's disabled because they or somebody else sinned. And then Jesus spit on the ground. I would have liked to have been there for that. <laughs> Jesus spit on the ground. And he made it mixed up a little mud. And he put it on the man's eyes. Ew, gross. Side note, in ancient times, saliva was thought to have healing properties. And maybe it actually does. There's some evidence for that. And, and maybe that's why animals lick their wounds, you know? Who knows? Uh, of course, what Jesus did goes way beyond any natural properties that there may be in saliva. But anyway, side note number two, why does Jesus make mud and apply it to the man's eyes? Well, I don't really know. But it makes sense to me to think of Genesis 2 where God makes the first human from the dirt and from the dust of the earth. And so it's like Jesus is using that same substance and recreating the man's eyes. Interestingly, though, uh, the spit and the mud don't instantly, immediately heal him. So Jesus sends this guy to a nearby pool to wash off the mud, and that is when his sight is restored. And then what does this guy do? He tells his neighbors what happened. Uh, he, he tells his story. Let's look at verse 11. Can you follow with me? Find verse 11. Here we go. He replied, the man they call Jesus made some mud. And put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed. And then I could see. So that's it. You know, two sentences there. He shared the whole story. Uh, and when you share your story, this is a good lesson here. Keep it brief. You don't have to say a ton, you know. I mean, you don't have to tell your entire life story. Just tell about one thing, especially if it's one thing recent. And, and it doesn't have to be as dramatic as a miraculous healing. Uh, God is at work in your life, and God will use your story. So here's a hypothetical. Uh, let's say you've got a brother-in-law who's really cynical when it comes to matters of faith, and you're going to see him on Thursday. And you say, 
hey, you know, uh, I got to help my church on Saturday. We gave away between three and 400 of these grocery bags full of all the fixings for Thanksgiving meals for a family. And when I put this bag in one guy's car, he said, I'm so glad I found you. My family hasn't been able to have a Thanksgiving meal in three years since I was injured on the job. God bless you. And that's your story. You don't have to defend it. You don't have to explain it. It's not an argument. It's just a little bit of your life in Jesus spilling out. Well, then the guy in in John chapter 9 gets interrogated by these super strict group of Pharisees, and they accuse Jesus of being a terrible sinner because the healing happened on a Sabbath. Let's see what this formerly blind man says in verse 25. Can you find that one, verse 25? He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. Now say the rest of the verse with me, will you? One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. I love that. Reminds you of the song Amazing Grace, doesn't it? He knows that it's not his job to explain everything. He doesn't have to, it's not his job to have all the answers. And when he doesn't know, twice in this passage, he says, I don't know. And when you share your story, it's not your job to have all the answers. Just share what you do know. Share your story. Here's another hypothetical. You're eating lunch with a coworker, and, uh, you know, a few times in the past, you've let him know, yeah, I'm with the faith group and what that is. And anyway, on this particular day, you say, last night... At faith group, I prayed out loud for the very first time. I was kind of scared, but, but it tur- I think it turned out okay, and it was a big step for me. There it is. You just shared your story. Now, your coworker says, prayer, isn't, they, isn't that just a matter of self-suggestion? And you say, there's a lot about prayer I don't understand. I can't really even explain it to you. All I know is that I love being able to talk to God. And you know, that brings up, I think, one of the easiest ways to let your life in Jesus spill out, and that's to pray for somebody and tell them, hey, I'm, I'm going to pray for you, or I've been praying for you. Um, what, what I have found is that people... Even if they they don't believe in prayer or they say they don't believe in prayer and you tell them, I'm praying for you, they're usually okay with it. They they really, even they just appreciate the thoughtfulness. And and maybe some of them believe that, you know, prayers, even if there isn't a God, maybe prayers create some sort of positive cosmic energy. Who knows? But I tell you, if you promise to pray for somebody, here's one thing you better do. You better check up with them later. Say, how's it going? How are you doing? Because that's when they really know you are praying, because you remembered it later. And why do, you, why do you pray? Why do you promise to pray? Because that's kind of what Jesus said we're supposed to do, right? And, and we're just kind of letting our life in Jesus spill out. Yesterday at the Thanksgiving bag giveaway, uh, Jeff Sparrock 
There you are, Jeff. Jeff went around car to car in every, uh, every car or circling this whole building. Um, a few hundred cars, maybe. Two to three hundred cars. Went to every car and asked them if they would like to have a pair of people from our prayer teams to come and pray for them. And... Uh, Jeff says at least 80% of them said yes. And so then the prayer teams came by at, uh, two by two and, and, and they'd go to a car and they would pray with those people who were there. And you know, I think about that and it just, it chokes me up. It, it, it brings tears to my eyes to think about, about that opportunity. You know, I think about us if, you know, if people came to our car here when we come to church on Sunday and said, would you like somebody to pray here at your car? Would 80% of us say yes? I don't know. But they did. And, and I think that's one reason that we know that they were, they were coming looking more than for a handout. They were hungry for hope. They were hungry for, for the, the groceries and the prayers and the hospitality that represented hope for them. I've got one person I'm a friend with. I'm trying to be a, a blessed friend in his life. Uh, in some ways, I think I might be kind of a father figure for him. And we don't get to see each other all that much. But we do text pretty often to each other. Um, anyway, a couple weeks ago, he told me, yeah, he, um, he was looking for a new job. And I said, well, I, yeah, I'll be praying for you about that new job. And uh, so, you know, I checked with him another week. Well, he's still looking. And then, anyway, this week, he told me he started a new job. It's a temp job, and he's hoping to get a permanent placement there. And uh, so now I'm praying that that. I'm praying that he will get that permanent placement there. And I'm also praying that he will see the hand of God in his life. So that's just sharing your story, right? When you say you're praying for somebody, that's just a little bit of you spilling out. Sharing your story, you know, sometimes I think we make it too hard or we freak ourselves out with it when it's really pretty simple. Let's say our big idea again, shall we? Share your story means to let a little of my life in Jesus spill out, even through my words, even sometimes by text message. Here's another hypothetical. Um... You and your neighbor, I'm kind of thinking of two women here. You and your neighbor are close friends. You do garage sales together every spring. You, you watch each other's kids and dogs when you need to. Uh, you know, she thinks you're a little weird for going to church all the time, but that's okay. And one day, she sends you a text. She's in the hospital. She's had a miscarriage. And you go to the hospital and you meet her there and you hug each other and you cry with her and you say, I am so sorry. And the next day you bring a pan of lasagna to their house and you, you add a little card where you've written a note and the note says, I don't know why these things happen. 
Sometimes it's important to say that, isn't it? I don't know why these things happen. It's heartbreaking. But here's a verse I found that was comforting to me when my mom died. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and I know God is close to you. You see what you've just done? You've shared a little piece of your story about how much that verse meant to you when you were grieving. You've just let a little bit of your life in Jesus spill out. Now, I will tell you that there may be times, there will be times, when you let a little bit of your life in Jesus spill out and it's not going to be well received. We know that, right? If you still have your Bible open, let's look at verse 28. It's at the top of the next page in the Pew Bible. It starts out this. Then they hurled insults at him. If you let your life in Jesus spill out sooner or later, somebody's not going to like it. And you may be labeled a, an idiot or a fanatic or a bigot. But don't hurl insults in return. We do what Jesus says. We bless them. We pray for them. We try to keep our cool. You know, when I am with someone who is resistant to faith, um, I still want to let my Jesus spill out a little bit, okay? Uh, and, and when I, in those kind of cases, it takes a little boldness, maybe more than I've got. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit who lives in me and inside you, the Holy Spirit will, will give me that little extra bit of boldness that I'm going to need. But I also know that when I'm, with, I'm, when I'm with someone who's resistant, that it also takes a lot of wisdom to know what to say and how to say it and when to say it. So I have to pray for the Holy Spirit to give me that wisdom too. And with my friends who are resistant to, uh, to, to, to faith in Jesus, uh, I try to be really consistent, especially with the first four things on that list. I pray, I listen, I eat with them, I serve them, and once in a while, I say something. Kind of like tossing a seed out now and then. You know, just, just tossing a little seed, see what happens, see how they respond. Jesus said that God sows the seed of his word to everybody, even those who are resistant. God is hoping that maybe this time they'll respond. And who knows? When God is going to use some little spill coming out of you to spark someone else's curiosity. I want to close by telling you a story from my own life uh, from back when I was in high school. And I heard one of my classmates mention something that she had prayed about. And I thought, really? I would never have thought to pray for that. And my next thought is, what does she know about God that I don't know? And that was one of the big things that sparked a spiritual search inside of me. That, and that search time lasted a year, and it finally ended with, with me coming to know Jesus in a personal way and surrendering my life to him.
But that spark inside of me happened because somebody let their life in Jesus spill out just a little bit, even through her words. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, uh, you know sometimes we just freak ourselves out so bad and we think, I don't know what to say. I don't want to offend anybody. But, Lord, I am so thankful you are writing a story in every person here. Every day you are writing that story. So, Lord, help us to be attentive to them, to be aware of your work in our lives and in our hearts, in our decisions, in our challenges, in our heartaches. So, Lord, that there's a little something that we can let spill out. So that, that, Lord, you have made your home in us and you have changed us. You have given us new life. Lord, let it, let it be evident by our actions and even through our words. Jesus, we love you. We pray in your name and all God's people said, amen.